0: Welcome to Legal Toolkit, bringing you the latest legal trends and business initiatives to help you manage your law firm with your host, Jared Correa. You're listening to Legal Talk Network.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the award-winning Legal Toolkit podcast here on Legal Talk Network. If you're looking for your next dog breed, I'm the last person to ask. Fun fact. I'm allergic to all dogs. Even those dogs, that are supposed to have hair. I don't know if that's a lie or if then I'm like super allergic. Um, But I digress. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener, hopefully you'll become a long-time listener. And if you're the lead singer of Nickelback, you suck. As always, I'm your show host, Jared Correa. And in addition to casting this pod, I'm the CEO of Red Cave Law Firm Consulting, which offers subscription-based law practice management consulting services for law firms, bar associations, and legal vendors. Check us out at redcavelegals.com. I'm also the COO of Gideon Software Inc., which offers chatbots, the first to market chatbot builder and predictive analytics engine created specifically for law firms. Find out more at www.gideon.legal. You can also listen to my other, other podcast. Yes, I have another one. It's called The Lobby List. It's a family travel show I host with my dear wife, Jessica, and is available on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and comment. She's a really good travel agent. But here on The Legal Toolkit, we provide you with a new tool each episode to add to your own legal toolkit, so your practices will become more and more like best practices. In this episode, we're going to talk about how to avoid bad marketing tactics. But before I introduce today's guests, let's take a listen to our sponsors. Abby Connect has delivered premium live receptionist and answering services to lawyers since 2006. You can try them out for free at abbyconnectcom Scorpion crushes the standard for law firm online marketing with proven campaign strategies to get attorneys better cases from the internet. Partner with Scorpion to get an award-winning website and ROI-positive marketing programs today. Visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast. Nexa formerly known as Answer One, is a leading virtual receptionist and answering service provider for law firms. Learn more by giving them a call at 800-267-9371 or online at www.nexa.com. TimeSolve is the number one web-based time and billing software for lawyers, providing solutions since 1999. TimeSolve provides the most comprehensive billing features for law firms big and small. www.timesolve.com. All right, now you've heard from our sponsors. Thank you, sponsors. Uh, without you, there would be no podcast. Without further ado, my guest today is Danny Whitestone, who, along with her husband, founded Turbo Law, a document automation company focused on legal, which was recently acquired. Now, Danny does whatever the hell she wants. Well, that's not true exactly. She runs the Women's Small Business and Leadership Network. Danny and I have been friends for a really long time, and that's how you know she's cool. Danny, welcome to the big show.
2: Hi, Jared. Thank you so much for having me. It's so exciting to be with you after like knowing you for so long to actually be on your podcast. Thank you.
1: It's weird, right? Like, and this is your first podcast. My first
2: official podcast. Yes.
1: <laughs> One of many, I'm sure, that are about to come down. But you've been a public speaker for forever, and we have had many, many, many high level conversations that now the public gets to share in. Absolutely. <laughs> How exciting for them! All right, so. I always do an icebreaker question, although this is more for the benefit of the listeners because I think we broke the ice with each other like in the 1990s. You were a trumpet player at one point, like a real live trumpet player who was making a living playing music. So was this more of like a Dizzy Gillespie situation or more of like a band camp type thing?
2: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I would say somewhere, if there's somewhere in between like above (laughs) band camp, but not like anywhere near Dizzy Gillespie, That would probably, I would put myself in there. If you went to like the park in the summertime, you'd see like the bands I played in. Uh, But yes, people did technically pay me money to play. And um, in my life, it was like especially awesome because like when I was little and I really wanted to play the trumpet, they said, no, you shouldn't do that because I was a girl. So it was.
1: (laughs) Haters. (laughs) Haters. That's like that's like every book I read to my kids now. The theme is like girls can do anything, which is good (laughs) because it wasn't like that back in the day. Totally. So what was your what was your like your hottest jam on the trumpet?
2: Oh, gosh, let's see. Um, I loved I felt completely at home with like big bands like of the 1940s. And so you you can picture, you know, your typical like 60, 16 year old girl. I'd go back and I'd listen. I'd listen to like Glenn Miller. <laughs> so, if you haven't already connected it, like I wasn't one of the uber like popular people. <laughs> so. Oh,
1: like no. Every I believe every sixteen year old girl in like the nineties was listening to <laughs> Glenn Miller records. I think that was like a thing. It,
2: it was. I loved it. I, I um. I absolutely loved. It. I just. I don't know. For whatever reason, like I loved. I loved the music, and then I'd go out and like hang out with eighty year olds.
1: I'm, I'm seeing a theme here. I think this is probably a good Please time to transition out of this line of questioning. Um, <laughs> let's make the sponsors happy. Let's talk a little bit about legal. So before, when you were running Turbo Law, you handled a lot of the marketing for that company, and you guys were very successful. And you have this saying that like the client is the hero. Now, lawyers continually get that wrong, right? Because in, in all lawyer advertising I've seen, for the most part, the lawyer is the hero. So how can lawyers fix that?
2: Oh, great question. So lawyers, but also just many companies get this wrong in general, but I definitely can see where this would be particularly challenging for lawyers. It's like in all good marketing, like first and foremost, it's all about the client and not about you or your company. And when you're designing something that might kind of seem counterintuitive because you figured someone's coming to you and they want to learn all about you. But if um, people go to your website and it goes on and on about how amazing you are and how amazing your company is and how like how many years you've been in business, most people really don't care yet because what they want first and foremost is to feel like you relate to them and understand um, where they're at in their struggle. Like once that established, hearing all about you in the company is fine because like, good marketing follows, follows a script. And it's, it's the same story that's worked for thousands of years. It's that classic tale of, you know, the hero looking for the guide to help them overcome their challenges because they can't do it alone. So if a client goes to your website, like they're the, um, they're the champion, they're reaching out to you as an attorney because they want to be the hero of their family and they, but they need that person. They need that guide to help them, um, to help them get, you know, to help them get to that next level, achieve their goals and, and, solve whatever's going on. And I actually I discovered this formula by accident because with TurboLaw, attorneys were always my hero since I was little. So when attorneys went to my website, they didn't hear about how awesome my software was. They heard about how awesome they were and my software was just here to help them.
1: Oh, that's really cool. And I think this is backed up by statistics as well. So as of this recording, the 2019 Clio Legal Trends Report just came out. And one of the takeaways from that is that the first thing that clients want to know from attorneys is whether or not their problem can be solved. Then after that, they're interested to know about the attorney's expertise and experience level. So I think that's totally true. Like, that's how you hook people in. That may be the next question they have, but it doesn't have to be up front. So you know a lot about attorneys. You've had attorneys as heroes. How can an attorney market in this way, when they have to overcome this mindset issue, right? Because they've always been told from other attorneys, from other professionals, when they were in law school, that like the way you get clients as a law firm is that you have to continuously and overtly talk about your own expertise. Like it's a big challenge to get over that hump, I think, and start marketing
2: differently, right? Absolutely, there's a happy medium though, because obviously the expertise is important. So it really comes down to the the order of the information that's presented, it's kind of like dating. Um, for example, if you're going out on a, a lot of, I always draw a lot of market, like parallels between marketing and sales and, and, and dating. And because think of it, it's like, you're going on a date. The first thing I you know out of your mouth when you, you know, you greet your new date is, you know, is, Hey, I went to Harvard and you shake their hand or something like that. They like they probably, that's probably premature. They probably don't care yet. So that first thing is to make that connection, show you understand them, show some empathy. Again, like to reference to your point, Jared, you know, know, show that you have the ability to solve the challenge that they're coming to you for. And then once that's established, when you feature your expertise, it's just the icing on the cake. It's like, okay, absolutely. So connection first, do you have the, you know, do you have the ability to help me? Yes. Okay. Do you have the credentials, appropriate credentials? Absolutely. There's a, a great saying that I've carried with me for, oh, gosh, how long I've been doing this, like two decades. One of my first mentors used to say, all things being equal, people do business with people they like and trust. All things not being equal, people do business with people they like and trust. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that first hurdle.
1: Lawyer pickup lines. Hello. I went to Harvard.
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Hi. Hi.
1: Success rate is probably low. Hi,
2: nice <laughs> to meet you. An authentic compliment, something along those lines. And, and then in, I wanted, I could also add that, you know, showing your expertise, one way you can do it without like putting it all out there is a great way to make the connection even stronger is to do it through testimonials.
1: Right. Yeah. I think testimonials are really important for attorneys, both online and offline. Do you you have any tips for like gathering testimonials effectively? Ask for them. (laughs) That's a good start. (laughs) So I think I could see like a bunch of lawyers going out after listening to your podcast and talking to people and having a conversation. And they say, add authentic uh, compliment here. (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) Ask for (laughs) review now. (laughs) No, but you're right. These are all simple things that business people in general and attorneys in particular don't do, like asking for a referral, asking for a review.
2: Absolutely. Don't get in your own head about it. Just have it be part of the process. Um, so that takes like, takes the, Oh, well, I don't want to approach or whatever, whatever. If you have some sort of message in your own head that says, Oh, I shouldn't ask this person for a testimony or whatever. Just have it be part of the process. So you don't have to think about it and it's just almost like automated to the, it's a checkbox as part of the, as part of your client experience. And when, um, when you do that, it'll happen. And also it's good to do it. Um, a lot of the things I've read, it's basically it's, you know, it's good to do it close to, you know, just close to the experience um, before time, time goes past. So that's the only other thing I could add.
1: Well, right. And I think like the issue with a lot of business people, attorneys as well, is they assume that the client understands what the next step is. Like you use a service provider, you're going to do a review, but not everybody understands the necessity for something like that. Not everybody's a small business owner. Mm -hmm. So educating people on that, I think is really important. While we're blowing up marketing issues that lawyers face, let's tackle another one. So any marketing person that an attorney is going to talk to will say, like, you know, figure out where your target market is. Is it more important to define and manage a target market and potentially get, you know, caught up on that? Or is it better to just figure out a way to resonate with people in general first and then figure that part of it out. Like as somebody who's built a successful company, I feel like you know the answer to this question.
2: Ah, well, thank you. (laughs) Let's see here. So I would say if someone's hitting all their rev, if an attorney's hitting all their revenue goals in their marketing in a general way, great. Keep doing that. However, if that's not the case, one way to kind of cut through the clutter that's out there is to define your target market. Because if you do define your target market, your marketing is going to be more powerful because you're going to be able to speak specifically to your audience in a way that truly resonates with them. This is because you're going to to be able to speak their language. And I mean this literally. Words are crucially important in marketing. You need to be able to speak your potential client's language. And and this can vary drastically. Um, You take into consideration the age, gender, education level, regional, regional dialects, And really write something that when people encounter your brand, the potential client says, ah, okay, this person gets me, this law firm gets me, this is the attorney for me. So that's in terms of creating a target market. Imagine billing and day being the happiest be day of the really, month. One of, one of the things that can be intimidating for a small business owner says, oh gosh, if I don't market to everyone, I'm, I'm losing out on money or revenue. Whereas there's a, really, there's a real power and a strength in a niche, again, because you can cater all of your language there. And it, and it doesn't mean that you, know, you, you do one niche, you can't expand to another one. Or if you try, you know, you try one target market and for whatever reason, you don't like that. In my experience with Turbo Law, I got to see attorneys transition from, you know, different specific areas of practice all the time just because they kept looking for the thing that was the most rewarding to them and what worked best for their business. So um, I guess that would um, what I would say in terms of, in terms of the target market.
1: No, that's really good. I think lawyers often think like every potential client in the world is their client. And it's just not true, factually speaking, because they're licensed in only certain jurisdictions. And even within that jurisdiction, you're not going to get everybody. And you don't need to, to run a successful business. So I feel like we've had a good conversation to start. Um, I've met all my metrics in terms of the first part of this podcast. And so we're going to take a break. Um, Here are some of the things that a reasonable lawyer might consider purchasing along with a Batmobile from the original Batman series. So more words from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Imagine billing day being the happiest day of the month instead of the day you dread. Nobody went to law school because they love drafting invoices for clients. At TimeSolve, our attorneys save on average over eight hours a month in billing work. That means more billable time and turning billing day into happy day. Learn more about how to get to your time and billing happy place at timesolve.com. That's www.timesolv.com. Remember, that's www.timesolv.com. Your legal work requires your full attention. So how can you build lasting relationships with new or existing clients while juggling your caseload? Try Abby Connect the friendly, highly trained, and motivated live receptionists who are well-known for providing consistent quality customer service and support to law firms just like yours. Every connection matters. So call Abby Connect today at 833-ABBY-WOW to get started with your free 14-day trial and $95 off your first bill. Thanks for coming back. I'm drunk. Just kidding. As far as you know... Uh, let's get back to our conversation with Danny Whitestone of the Women's Small Business and Leadership Network. We're talking about how you could t- stop sucking and marketing and how you won't after you listen to this podcast. So, Danny, can we talk about law firm websites? Oh, absolutely. So, in my experience, law firm websites can sometimes be described as dumpster fires. What do law firms do poorly in terms of building websites, and how can you remedy that?
2: I can say not the thing that really jumps to mind is not designing the website with the potential client in mind. You really need to get in the head of someone who's coming to your website. And this can be, you know, this can be hard to do because we're in our business all day long and to really take a moment and to step outside of our business and look at it from the outside in is difficult. So you might want to get some friends to help you. Let's see. So for example, if you, if your target market is one that's not used to hiring attorneys Um, For example, they might feel really intimidated. So take a look at your website. And for this particular example, um, do you look approachable? And you know, is someone going to feel in, they're already maybe intimidated. Um, Do they, do you have a website to disposition so they're comfortable picking up the phone? Also, do you have a really clear call to action so they know what the next step is to work with you? I can also add, make sure your website looks good on mobile. Because more and more of us we just we just live on our phones.
1: no, those are all good points to make in terms of website design. Um and I think one of the things you talked about is important. like if somebody's never accessed a lawyer before, they may not know what the next step to take is, and how do you get outside of yourself as somebody who knows legal inside out and take on the perspective of somebody who like doesn't understand this or maybe has never been involved in the legal system previously. So like what are some specific ways that lawyers can avoid? confusion at a website because we know that modern consumers are impatient. If they're confused in any way by a website, they're going to bounce and go to the next website.
2: Within a few seconds of someone hitting your website, they definitely need to clearly understand what you do and who you do it for. If you want a fun way to test this, like take your website and show it to I don't know if you have young kids or nephews, nieces, grandchildren, but go show it to some first graders and ask them, like, can you tell me what I do? And that, so in terms of if you've actually cut through the clutter, it's like even, you know, six, seven, eight-year-old understands that you're golden. Even if you have a highly educated target market, people don't really read websites. They just scan them with their eyes. So if someone's pressed for time and they hit your website, they don't immediately what you're understand what you're about and they can't almost in an instant determine whether or not you're the right fit for them, they're going to get frustrated and leave. So having that super clear message written in a way that your target market will immediately understand using short phrases and bullet points are great things to consider. And what I mean by this is if people get hit with overwhelm when they go onto your website, they're going to click away. So You have 50 milliseconds to make that first impression. So just make sure that first impression isn't overwhelmed because they will bounce.
1: So I'm going to call myself out here. Like, I feel like if I took my website to a first grade class, they would think I sold watches and that I was boring. So (laughs) maybe I have some work to do on my own. Any effective marketing channel, as we talked about, is going to require some kind of call to action, right? There's got to be a trigger or a next step that a consumer should take. So, assuming your website is not confusion, uh, confusing rather, how can law firms build websites with better calls to action to actually get leads or consumers to do something to engage them?
2: I'd say the first thing to consider is what your potential client is most likely to do. Are they more like pick up the phone, people? They email, or do they want to engage in chat? So building a call to action with that in mind is a great first step. After that's been considered, I'd also say, consider what's going to be the best call to action for you in your law firm. If you do a free consult, is it easier for your law firm to handle, um, like perhaps having an integrated calendar on your website? Or is it better for, um, for someone to pick up the phone and call you? I remember talking to so many people, they would be so bogged down in voicemails that, you know, they feel behind and stressed because I had so many calls to return. So maybe, you know, investing in having something integrated might be the best call to action because then the client can actually take forward action versus maybe having to wait a couple of days for a call back. I'd also say, like, whatever you choose, just make sure it's really clear so they know what to do so they don't have to decide, oh, gosh, okay, am I going to email? Do I fill out a contact? Um, Should I pick up the phone? Anything that we can do um, with talking with websites, but anything we can do to take like the cognitive load off of them and just make it really clear, like call now is going to help is going to help that process. And I can also mention that it's really about experimenting and like, making best guesses and with the information that you have. Um, if you're doing something and it works, that's great. Do more of that. And, and if it doesn't work, just stop doing that and try something new.
1: Right. I love that. Like a lot of people don't view it this way, but like a lot of business, a lot of marketing is a game. You're making educated guesses. And I think people feel very uncomfortable with that. But if you want like concrete answers, like running your own business is not the place to find those, um, This is a great start to the show, but we're already at our second break, believe it or not, so we're gonna take that right now. So while I try to figure out which of the guys from the Game of Thrones show is the most emo, listen to these words from our sponsors. Do you feel like your marketing efforts aren't getting you the high value cases your firm deserves? For over 15 years, Scorpion has helped thousands of law firms just like yours to attract new cases and to grow their practices. As a Google Premier Partner and winner of Google's Platform Innovator Award, Scorpion has the right resources and technology to aggressively market your law firm and to generate better cases from the internet. For more information, visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast today. If you're missing calls, appointments, and potential clients, it's time to work with Nexa Professional. More than just an answering service, Nexa's virtual receptionists are available 24-7 to schedule appointments, qualify leads, respond to emails, integrate with your firm's software, and much, much more. Nexa ensures your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call at 800-267-9371 or visit them at nexa.com forward slash podcast for a very special offer. All right, thanks for sticking with us. I didn't have anything better to do either. We're still here talking with Danny Whitestone of the Women's Small Business and Leadership Network, and she's been educating us on how to avoid costly marketing mistakes, which you definitely want to do. So let's find out more. So Danny, on the topic of costly marketing mistakes, what are some of the most expensive marketing mistakes you've seen people make?
2: I think the most costly is actually the long-term consequences of... An amazing attorney not effectively communicating their value to their target market. I've been into thousands of law firms by this point in my life and met with so many like talented, brilliant attorneys, and and they're struggling for business just because their marketing doesn't seem to represent them represent them well. And it's not just their fault because kind of what you alluded to earlier in the podcast, Jared. There's a lot of pressure and some bad advice out there. Uh, I have a friend. She owns her own law firm and her website is really easy to understand. There's simple language and it. It features her dog, but she gets a lot of feedback from her colleagues saying, Oh, you know, you need to really look more like quote unquote, a lawyer, but like her phone rings off the hook and she's like flooded with business. So if she had, especially when she was starting out, if she had followed all like the well-meaning advice that was out there, You know, she might be one of those attorneys that I I had met with that, you know, is struggling and she's not, she's doing amazing and she's thriving. So other than like, obviously having a, like a really nice looking, like just a nice looking website um, (laughs) and making sure it's not like hideously offensive or something like that. I would say that, that the, um, this would be the most costly mistake, the long-term costly mistake I would say.
1: Yeah. What does a lawyer look like anyway? Does a lawyer have a pocket watch and wear a dickie? I don't know. Like <laughs> well, is it Mr. Jaggers from like great expectations.
2: Well, you know, like, you, you see it a lot and I never want to speak in absolutes because there are so many different target markets out there because there may be a target market, you know, that wants to hit a website and, and see the very severe looking attorney with, you know, in the suit, with the arms crossed using really big words. But if your target market, you know, is an average consumer of law, again, not everyone is. So again, you have to consider your target market. Then using really big, like legal terms on your website, again, comes back to maybe, you know, someone being intimidated or, you know, uncomfortable calling you. And um, I can say this, no matter who your target market is, when it comes to websites, most of these rules always apply because no matter who that person is, your target, your target market, at the end of the day, we're all human. So all the same psychological rules are still in play.
1: Okay. Tell me why you're actually not selling what you're selling (laughs) and how that's not contradictory. Okay. So
2: Yeah, a lot of people think they're selling what they're selling. And by that, I mean, they're selling solutions to external problems. But at their core, we buy because of internal and emotional problems. Like you don't just go out and buy a car. You buy a way to keep your family safe when traveling or to feel accomplished, you know, driving around in the shiny BMW. I'll use an example from my life. So I had a software company, but I don't, I don't, I never sold software. I sold away for attorneys to avoid feeling guilty, being like the last parent to pick their kid up from school or to get home in time for dinner. So it didn't turn into a giant fight. Like that stuff's interesting. That stuff has meaning. And to me like software is just software.
1: That's a great example. I love that. All right. So I have a, can I confess something oh, to you, course. Danny, which you Always. probably already know. I hate business books. I think they're God awful. Like I would read almost anything other than business books, but lawyers like them and you read a lot of business books. So before we end here, can you recommend to our listeners out there some good marketing books that they can read?
2: Absolutely. Yes, I do. And I read them all the time. I love them. Um, Let's see. Let me recommend um, story brand by Donald Miller. This is going to help more crafting that story about how your client is the hero and helping helping craft your marketing messages. So it fits in line with that. In terms of simplifying and demystifying marketing, because people go to school to become lawyers, not marketing experts. So the one page marketing plan by Alan Dibb is awesome. It really breaks it down really just simply with easy to accomplish tasks. And the last one, just because it kind of goes to target market and why you do what you do is find your why by Simon Sinek. Uh, If you have any kind of confusion, like, Oh, who should my target be? What, you know, what should it, what areas of law should I focus in? That might be able to help you define that more, um, more clearly.
1: So read those. And when you're done, may I recommend *Chew the Obscure by Thomas Hardy, which is perhaps the most depressing book ever written. Danny, you're like a Kung Fu expert. Can you tell people why you were recently in Taiwan doing jujitsu-like things?
2: <laughs> well, we're not quite expert, but I keep showing up.
1: I'm going I'm to call you an expert. Can I bestow upon you a black belt of some kind?
2: <laughs> so, so last October, I went to Taiwan to compete in Tai Chi World Cup for broadsword. Now, I have to put it out there. Like I Originally, I just signed up to go on vacation and hang out with my friends who were competing. But they somehow talked to me into actually competing and, and put a sword in my hand, which I still don't understand. Like how they thought this was a good idea, but it was awesome. My only goal over there was to—I love how people when they hear it, you know, like oh wow. In terms of lofty ambitions, are coming in first. Like my only goals over there were to not to die, since I have food or like severe food allergy. Yes. And not to forget my form and not to stab any of the judges by accident. So um, I managed to do all of that, including surviving my first earthquake.
1: Oh, wow. There was an earthquake while you were out there, too? I didn't know that. Yes. What a crazy trip. It was
2: insane. We, after, you know, obviously going from Massachusetts, where I'm at now, to go to Taiwan, it's a lot of travel. It's over 20 hours, including a 14-hour layover because of maintenance issues. So when I walked into the hotel, it was the moment I got into this hotel, opened my door to get into my room and the the whole entire place just started shaking. And it was, I was so honest to God, I was just so exhausted from travel. I almost didn't care. I wanted into the bathroom. And I'm like, oh, no, shoot, that's for tornadoes. And I like wandered out into the hallway (laughs) and I looked at the stairs. I'm like, oh, that's probably a better option. But thankfully, um, the alarms like went off and the building stopped moving and um, we were all set.
1: I like how you were in an earthquake and you were like, let me take the stairs as my (laughs) first thought. (laughs) Well, at least you didn't accidentally kill anyone. So on the plus side, (laughs) I feel like we could podcast for another hour. But sadly... We've reached the end of yet another episode of the Legal Toolkit podcast, which is award-winning. I don't know if I mentioned that before. This is a podcast about marketing mistakes to avoid, and we've been talking with Danny Whitestone of the Women's Small Business and Leadership Network, who is amazing. Now, I'll be back on future shows with further insights into my soul, the soul of America, and the legal market. If you're feeling nostalgic for my dulcet tones, however, you can check out our entire show archive anytime you want at legaltalknetwork.com. So thanks again to Danny Whitestone of the Women's Small Business and Leadership Network for making an appearance as my guest today. All right, Danny, now is your time to shine. Can you tell everybody how they can find out more about you and about the Women's Small Business and Leadership Network, which I never get tired of talking about.
2: Oh, thank you, Jared. You've been such an unbelievable supporter of this too. Well, for right now, you can go to www.wsbln.us And you can follow that to the link to join our Facebook group. We have a lot of great things going on there and join our mailing list so that you can hear all about different events and different webinars to learn more about marketing and all this kind of fun stuff that we have coming.
1: Thanks again. That's Danny Whitestone of the Women's Small Business and Leadership Network. Go ahead and join that today. Finally, thanks to all of you out there for listening. This has been the Legal Toolkit Podcast, where everybody was fast as lightning. Oh, and send Rolos.
0: Thanks for listening to Legal Toolkit, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join host Jared Correa for his next podcast covering the current business trends for law firms. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes.